Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet real quick. Stand to your feet. We're going to make a confession. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, mold us, and change us today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Now let's lift one hand to heaven and just say this after me. Say, I receive everything that God has for me. I receive everything that God has for me. One more time. I receive everything that God has for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a big hand of praise. You can be seated. All right, flip your Bible open if you have it. If you don't have it, open your phone or however you have your Bible. I read on an iPad most of the time nowadays. First Samuel, chapter number 17. Many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath. I kind of get stuck on topics. And I've been stuck on a topic where we're just picking up keys from challenging times. We've been in a challenging time. The United States of America, the world's been a challenging time for the last two or three months. And so I don't want to come out of here without some new keys. Come on, somebody. I want to know something I didn't know. I want to take some weapons out of this fight. You know, the reality of your situation is your current fight is going to bring you the weapons you need for your future fight. Because you're going to learn something. You're going to see God deliver in a certain way. You're going to learn a new thing and you're going to be able to take that key with you and you're going to look like a, a janitor in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody, with a, with a key ring that big and 500 keys on it. And you're going to be ready. And any time, any time that you need something unlocked in your life, you don't necessarily need a crowbar. You just need the right key. The more keys you have, the less intimidating closed doors are. The more keys you have, the less intimidating closed doors are. So you just put that key on your, on your key ring. So how do you do that? Well, a lot of it you commit to memory. A lot of it you commit to memorization. But one of the greatest ways is to just write it down. Anything you want to know, you write down. Anything you want to know, you keep a record of. That's why whenever you get a recipe, you either take a picture of it or you write it down because you want to know it tomorrow. You want to know it next week. You want to know it three years from now. That's the same thing with these keys from the word of God. So don't become a person that only took notes in school and somebody was teaching you something you didn't necessarily want to know. Be the person that takes down the data that you want to know and want to be able to use again. I'll tell you how important data is. You ready? I was driving yesterday back from Houston, Texas. Our family had to drive down there. We were, we were uh, picking up some stuff down south of Houston. And, and my pickup truck that I have, we have several vehicles, but my pickup truck that I was driving that day, it's, it's not new. Matter of fact, my wife's been telling me for 100 years to get a new truck because I just like this old truck. It looks like a papaw truck, looks like a grandpa truck, and I just like driving it around. It's got 200 and some thousand miles on it. I've had it since 2000, uh, somewhere around 2008, nine, somewhere in there. It's a pretty old truck. And well, old relatives, but anyway, that's about how old it is. And, and I really like it. We're just driving, 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 driving. Got a trailer behind us. And all of a sudden, uh, I realize I haven't seen my gas gauge move in a while. 
Now, it's not on E. Matter of fact, it's a pretty good ways from E. I've had this truck for a long, or 200-something thousand miles I've had this truck. I know that that gas gauge will go way past the E before you even got to worry about it. But it was sitting there well to the right of the E. And I was like, huh. And they said, they said, uh, I told Chris, I said, hey, you know, kids might need to stop. Look, we're going to stop. We're going to stop at Bucky's. I don't know if y'all know where Bucky's is, but if you're from Texas, we like stopping at Bucky's. I stop at Bucky's when I don't need a thing. So anyway, I'm sitting there. We get about five miles from Bucky's and I'm sitting there just one. All of a sudden you're, whoa. I said, wait a minute. I put it in neutral, put the blinker on, pulled over to the side of the road, just coasted. I said, baby, you're not going to believe this, but I think we just ran out of gas. She said, what? I've never run out of gas in my life. I said, I haven't run out of gas either in my life till now. I'm looking, gas gauge still sitting there showing me about, I don't know, eighth of a tank to a quarter of a tank. And I'm like, you're a liar, gas gauge. I pull over. I said, man, I don't know. We're going to have to, the car's just ripping by. We're on a, you know, eight lanes, eight lane wide highway. Just boom, boom. Got a trailer behind us. Got the kids there. Fortunately, one of the things I had in the trailer was a bicycle. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get one of those bicycles out of this trailer and I'm going to ride down there. I'm going to get us some gasoline. She said, okay. I said, but I hate being parked right here. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to see if we don't have just one more drop in there. So I cranked it back up. It cranked right back up. I put it in drive. It it, it went for about five seconds and it gave me just enough to coast where I was able to make it to an exit, rolled down the exit. And literally when I tell you, have anybody ever seen like the, the price is right and they're rolling that thing and, and Bob Barker, that's the one that I used to remember. I don't know the new guy, but Bob Barker, when he used to do it, I don't know how he knew, but before that thing would stop, he knew which one it was going to land on. And he would say 35 cents. And I'm like, it's not going to land. It's going to land on a dollar. And it just did, did, did right past that dollar. And it would land on 35 cents. That's how we were rolling through this intersection. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, we're sitting, it's a four-way stop sign. And I got this 20 foot long trailer, my pickup truck, got all three kids in the back, got Crystal, the back seat, got all, I got Crystal in the front and we're just barely coasting through this intersection. I'm just like, I'm just believing God, we're going to make it where we're not sitting in the dead center of this intersection. And God is my witness. Just like we landed on a Bob Barker number, we landed with the back, the back of our trailer, just barely out of the intersection. Now, there's nothing there but cows and us, not in any direction. It's one of those exits. No gas station here, no restaurant, no hotel. I'm sitting there. I pull my phone up. Haley's got her phone pulled up. We're all looking. What's the closest thing? Closest thing's a mile and a half away. I said, well, praise the Lord. I said, baby, you guys sit right here. I'll be right back. I jump out of the truck, open the trailer, get the bike out, bring the bike over to the front of the car. And then I had the thought. I said, you know what? I said, maybe somebody will drive by. If somebody drives by, maybe they'll give me a ride to get up there. And, you know, it'd take me probably, I don't know, 20 minutes one way or back. I was, I was just trying to kind of think it through. And, and all of a sudden, this, this car drives by. Uh, it was a, a Cadillac uh, uh, CTS-V, if you know what that is. Anyway, I'm a car guy, so I know what it is. But it, this guy pulls over, and I said, hey. I said, I said, do you, uh, uh, I waved at him and he stopped and he goes, you okay? I said, yeah. I said, we're okay. I said, but I've run out of gas. And he gave me that look like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, didn't you look at the gauge? So I immediately felt like I had to defend myself. I was like, the gauge broke, man. And he's like, oh man. I said, is there any way you could drive me to that gas station? I said, if you can drive me to that gas station, the next gas station, so I can, you know, whatever he said, absolutely hop in. So I hop in. We start talking. Turns out, you know, 
turns out he was, he was headed to go put some, some music equipment together, some drums. He was building a drum set for a friend. I said, that's really awesome. I said, we got a great drummer at our church. I said, and we started talking about drumming. And I said, he goes, you like music? I said, yeah, I like music. He says, me too. And we started talking about it. I said, you know what? I said, I actually pastor a church in College Station. I said, you're really doing a thing here, man. I, I so appreciate it. He goes, oh, man. He said, anything for the cause. I said, come on, for the cause, brother. <laughs> so we get to the gas station, and I get, you know, a couple of gas cans, and I, and I get back, and, and uh, he, I fill them up, and I said, man, let me put some fuel in your car. He said, no, I don't want to put fuel in my car. He said, I, I just want to do this. He said, I've, I've needed help before. He said, somebody help me, and I just want to help you. I said, well, praise the Lord. So I take the gas cans back he, to his car. We drive back to the, where Crystal and the kids are, get there. They're all fine. Put the gas in, crank the truck. Everything's wonderful. Said goodbye to Jerry, took a couple selfies. I said, now, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach in my pocket. And I'm going to pull out all the money in my wallet, and I'm going to give it to you. He said, he said, you don't have to do that. And then he went like this, okay. I said, no, you don't worry about it. I got lots more money than that. I said, but I want to bless you. I said, I want to thank you. I said, I love you. I said, I said, I said, I just pray that. And we stopped right there on the side of the road. I said, we've already been on the side of the road for a few minutes. What's another few minutes longer? And me and my family, we prayed the blessing and favor of God over Jerry. And I said, God, I want you to heal every family member he's got. I want you to bless the work of his hand. I want you to equip him. I said, I wasn't, I wasn't on the road 10 minutes. We start driving. I said, I'm going to go right back to that same gas station. I pull into that same gas station, got my trailer behind the truck, pull up. You know how when you got a trailer, you take up both of the gas tanks and everybody's around you. Everybody's frustrated. So I pulled up. I'm blocking everything. I'm gassing the thing up. And I hear coming out of this car next to me some music. And it, it sounded like this. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, God, my father. Now to you. Having somebody help you out on the side of the road might not be a big deal, but to me, it was a very big deal that day. So I turned around. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I said, I really like your music. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came to me. And I began to prophesy to this lady. And as I was prophesying to her, she began to break down and break down and break down. And I was telling her her past. And then God was giving me just little snippets of her future. And I said, I just want you to know that God sent me here somehow for this moment. She said, oh my God. I said, I'm just getting started blessing you. I went back to the car, got a hundred dollar bill, said, here, baby, this is for you. She said, what? I said, me and my wife, Crystal, we want to bless you. I said, the devil tried to hit us today. I said, but we don't get hit without hitting back. Come on, somebody. The point I'm driving at is this. A, God works all things together for good. But the other is the data is what I needed. I had bad information because my gauge stopped working. And if you don't have the information when you need it, you could be on the side of the road when you don't expect it. So when you hear a key from God's word, whether it comes out of my mouth, somebody else's mouth, your time in prayer and study, you reading uh, chicken soup for the soul or wherever you're getting some of that word of God from, you jot that thing down because when you need the data, you don't have time to find it. So here we go. You ready? I'm going to give you just a few keys today. We're in the story of David and Goliath. Uh, uh, we're in the story of David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. I want to start with verse number 40. This is after David decides he's going to fight Goliath. 
Saul, the king says, wear my armor. David put it on, doesn't like the armor, says, I can't move around in this. He said, I'm going to carry what I want to carry out there. Verse 40, and he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones out of the creek or out of the brook. And he put them in his bag, which he had even in a script and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Verse 41, and the Philistine, that's Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. Everybody say boo. Everybody say David. Everybody say yay. Okay. And the Philistine came, came on and drew near unto David and the man that bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. So effectively, He didn't like him because he was handsome and good looking and young and all that other stuff. And the scripture says, verse 43, Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with staves or sticks? Remember, David said he was carrying his staff. He said, am I a dog that you're just coming out here to hit me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now, I want you to just write this down. If you could, you can go to Numbers 23, read the whole chapter. You're going to find out that not even a witch can put a hex on you. So Goliath is cursing him by his gods, but it means nothing. It's like rain on a duck's back. Just rolls right off. So the Bible said that Goliath was cursing him by his gods in verse 44. And the Philistines said to David... Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So he was threatening David. He was threatening David with all kind of problems. Let me just tell you some of the threats you might hear right now. Everybody's going to lose their job. This pandemic's going to last forever. Coronavirus is going to be around forever. We're all, we're all going to have to wear face masks until 20,000, 25 million years from now. No, we're not. God is going to make a way and we're going to see the hand of God deliver us. Once again, you say, well, everybody in the world doesn't serve God. God says, if there is one righteous person, I will rescue them. So the scripture says that David He sat there and he listened to this, but he did something different than what a lot of people might would do. The Bible said that the, that Goliath said to David, come here, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed you to the birds and I'm going to feed you to the animals that come at night. And the Bible says, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and you come with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of angel armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. You're coming at me with all the stuff you can put in your hand, but I'm coming to you and I'm in the hand of one who never fails. You come at me and you're trying to do all this other stuff, but I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm coming against you. Let me just say this. You have to remember this in difficult times. Here's one of the keys. God fights your battles. God fights your battles. I I don't, but I could, if I wanted to, almost feel sorry for the devil. Think about it. It'd be like, it'd be like 
It'd be like Mike Tyson, you know, fighting a mannequin. The mannequin has no chance. God is not going to fail you. God has never failed. So one of the biggest keys you've got to remember in challenging times, you can take out of challenging times is this is not my fight anyway. I'm wrestling not against flesh and blood. I'm wrestling these principalities and powers in high places, and I'm doing so by the word of God. But this is not my fight. This is his fight. I belong to him. I'm a soldier on the front line, but this battle belongs to the Lord. So the number one key you can take out of today is the Lord fights your battles. Verse 46, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will smite or I will kill you and I will take your head from you and I will give you, I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Now listen here. It's very important. It matters who you follow. You might ought to write that down. It matters who you follow. Don't go to war with somebody without scars. Don't go to war with somebody everybody likes. You'll know know more about somebody by the people that don't like them than the people that do like them. And if somebody doesn't stand for anything, everybody probably likes them. So here, here, here's, here's what I'm getting at. It matters who you follow. This is, a, this is a key buried inside of a key. David extinguished the threat with his confession. David said, I'm going to kill. Well... Goliath said, I'm going to kill you, David. And David said, I'm going to wipe all of y'all out. In other words, everybody who followed Goliath was about to be fed to the birds. It matters who you follow. David said, I'm going to take your head off your shoulders and I will give. Goliath said, I'm going to give you to the birds. I'm going to feed you to the animals. And David said, I'm going to feed your whole army to the animals. You mess with the wrong Israelite. I'm out of Jesse's house. My daddy let me keep the sheep and everybody looked down on it. But I looked at it as, as bear and lion hunting material. They told me, They told me all I was was a shepherd. While I was out there, I learned how to play the harp. And when I learned how to play the harp so good, I found out that the king needed somebody to play the harp. And the king would bring me into his, into his, into his house and I would play the harp for him. And when I played the harp for him, all the evil spirits that bothered him would run away. Don't tell me I can't do something. I've been being, I was born for this moment. I've been being tuned up for this moment. It matters who you follow. Everybody that followed David saw victory. Everybody that followed everybody that followed the giant was eaten. Don't look at somebody's strength based off of what they look like. 
The giant looked like he should have been the one to win, but David knew he wasn't the one fighting anyway. He was a tool in the hand of God. So the Bible says that David said, not only am I going to take your head off, I'm going to feed your whole army to the birds. It's about to be a Philistine buffet out here. Y'all messed up. Coming here cursing our God, talking like this. You messed up. God is patient, but he's not indefinite. God is patient, but he is not indefinite. You've come out here and you've been biting and you've been chatting and you've been cursing and today's the day you're going to answer for it. You come out here against me with a, with, a, with a stick like I'm a dog. You are a dog. You're under my feet, dog. Number one, the battle's not yours. Number two, it matters who you follow. Number three, you got to make sure the word of God comes out of your mouth in trying times. Don't you ever sit there and let the devil have the last word. I don't care if you don't feel like it. If you're in the fetal position in a corner crying your eyes out, you let what comes out of your mouth be the word of God. Don't you let the devil have the final say in your life. Listen, if you got to go have a parent-teacher conference or meet with the principal and they say your kid's dumb, your kid's not going to make it, you can be as polite as you feel like you need to be. But don't you let the devil have the last say. My children will prosper. My children will be the head and not the tail. They have the mind of Christ. We're working on some things now, but their future is going to be better than their past and everything they touch is going to prosper. That's what's going to happen in my house. You speak the word of God. You combat what the threat of the enemy says with the word of God. And then here's the last one I'm going to give you. You say what you want to see. My God, say what you want to see until you see it. And be okay with sounding peculiar in the process. You say what you want to see. We were all here this morning a few minutes ago when I had my beautiful almost 14-year-old daughter up here. Your husband's going to be a man of God. I don't care what he looks or smells like. If he ain't a man of God, it ain't happening. Period. I don't care if he's an oil tycoon. Look at the price of oil. I don't care if he's a movie star. Tell me the last time a movie theater was full. None of that matters. What matters? Does he serve God? Because I'm going to see what I say. So I'm going to say what I want to see. Write this down. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Mark chapter 11, verse 23 foundational scripture for you to stand on whosoever shall say to this mountain whosoever somebody say that's me whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he says What you say trumps what they say. 
Who in here has ever had somebody say something about you and you didn't like it? Maybe you're growing up. Maybe somebody called you something. Maybe it was even in love. You said, well, how could it be in love? All kind of people do things crazy, usually out of ignorance. And don't get hung up on the words. I'm very particular in my words. Ignorant and stupid are two different things. Ignorant means I'm not informed. So you might have had a parent that was outlandishly callous and hard to you out of love because they thought you needed to be toughened up. And maybe you did in a certain area in some regard, but maybe they took it too far and they said something about you or to you. They called you a name. They gave you a nickname. I don't even let my kids have nicknames I don't like. More than one time, I've had to ask people not to call my children a certain thing. Back to one of my primary rules. If I'm going to be uncomfortable, everybody's going to be uncomfortable. But my children are not going to be nicknamed. And none of these are, nobody's ever called my children these things. I'll just give you an example. Nobody has ever called any one of my children these things. I'm just going to give you an example. My children are not going to get nicknames like Big Mouth or Slick Willie. That's your nickname and you like it, keep it. But my kids can have nicknames like Special Boy, Special Girl. Come in here, champion. Come in here, you beautiful princess. You are so smart. So when do you call them that? Usually when it's not looking that way. And not sarcastically. Hey, come on now. That's not you. You're way smarter than that. Come on. Let's use that head. Come on. You're the head, not the tail. Let's make a good, wise decision here. He said, when did you start that? When they were born? Oh, look at this little stinker. My child doesn't stink. Well, so. And I know it's all in love. I'm just telling you, I take it to that level. And I'm not telling you this because you got to do it. I'm just telling you. You see what you say, so say what you want to see. Oh, here comes the flu season. We're all going to get sick. We're not. We're not going to get sick at all. None of us. Excuse me? We're not getting sick. How's that? Well, all these diseases die before they get to my doorpost. What are you even talking about? I'm talking about what I want to see. What happens if, if a symptom comes on your body? We fight with the word of God till the symptom leaves. But doesn't that mean the word of God didn't work? Exactly the contrary. It means that God trusted us enough to fight. It means God knows that we're not going to doubt in the middle of the valley. Come on, somebody. Your challenge is directly proportional to what God thinks you can go through. (laughs) Your challenges are directly proportional to what God thinks you can make it through. Because he's not going to let something get on you that will take you all the way away from him. So for us, we're going to say what we want to see. We're going to say what we want to see. Because the Bible says you'll have what you say, not what they say. So when they say something to you, just combat it. Bang. And it's like it's like it didn't exist. You extinguish the threats of the adversary with the word of God. But if you do not answer it back, I know there's times where it's like, hey, it's best just ignore this and ignore that. That's not the case when it comes to the word of God in your life. You combat the threats with the word of God. 
the same way that Jesus beat the devil in the wilderness after he'd fasted, after he'd been baptized, the Bible says all he did was quote the Bible. It is written, 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 it is written. Bang, leave me alone. I'm going to cut your head off and feed you the bird. I'm going to cut your head off and feed your whole army to the birds. What? You don't even have a sword. You brought my sword. Why don't you start looking at the weapon in your adversary's hand and recognize it's not that the weapon won't work. It's that it won't work against you. You ever seen somebody doesn't know how to use something? How do you make toast? Do you? Oh, that's not it. Because what you say trumps what they say. So if you're not saying anything, the enemy has the last word, see? See, we don't give the enemy the last word. Oh, man, I can't get these cigarettes out of my life. No, 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 no. I'll never smoke another cigarette as long as I live in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, well, wait a minute. Why cigarettes? Because I don't want you to die of cancer. And I don't want your kids to see that in this example. Oh, I can't. I'm constantly drawn to things I wish I wasn't drawn to. You'll see what you say. I thank God that I'm never drawn to that again in the name of Jesus. I'll never return to that again. I'm not a dog. I'm not going to return to my own vomit. I'm not doing that. I'm not a dog. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I am washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Those are my old desires, not my new desires. Everything about me is new. How often? Every morning. See, your flesh resurrects every day. That's why his mercies are new every. See? He wouldn't have told you to crucify your flesh every day if he didn't give you mercy for it. But you're going to see what you say, so say what you want to see. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.